0: Hey, Harper history students. Uh, hope you're doing well, being safe out there. Um, we're going to go over the slides for the 1950s lecture today. Uh, to start that off, I thought I'd throw in a little bit of Elvis Presley this morning. I've got my Gibson Les Paul, uh, which will kind of make sense as you go through the slides with uh, together here. So here we go. See if you like this song. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was uh, Love Me Tender by Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll. And you've got your slides up here, and we're going to go over those. Um, The Mission Possible essay is there. I find this one really kind of cool because you are able to compare and contrast the 1950s with the 1920s. You don't have to do that. Remember, I've allowed you to create your own question if you do. Uh, remember to uh, highlight You know what are the causes of it, um, what are the um, turning points in it, and what are the outcomes or um, consequences of it. So there's the question there, which is Mission Possible number 10. Where we're going to start is with the government. I've talked a lot about them in the past because there's all this controversy about what the government does or doesn't do and what they do well or don't do well. Well, I think that most Americans would agree that the late 40s and early 50s, the government was actively involved in all sorts of things. And one of those that uh, was impactful was the GI Bill, which sent a whole lot of Americans uh, to college that had served the country. Um, On that next slide, you'll see that 36 million um, people went to school, largely based on the GI Bill. The other uh, event that the uh, the government was involved in was creating the interstate system. Um, prior to that, we didn't have many roads that really went not uh, were very well maintained, uh, and they were very inefficient. While Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, was in the Army during World War II, he noticed the uh, autobond in Germany, and he thought that he needed to really repeat that here, which is what he did. Um there were winners and losers in this. One of the winners in that were uh, hotels, fast foods. McDonald's does very well during this period of time. The first uh, McDonald's owned by Ray Kroc start to open up. Uh, the first actually opens up in the Splains. I think they've torn that down since. Um, but that's where it kind of starts. The McDonald brothers actually start this whole thing in uh, California. But anyway, not to get too distracted here, Ray Kroc takes this to a whole different level. Disneyland, a place for vacationing, was a whole new concept and idea in 1955. And that's out in California. It also, more importantly than hotels and vacation spots, was that it really opened up what we have today in the suburbs. So, If you live in the suburbs, um, this is the movement of people migrating from the city out to uh, these city or out to these suburbs. The cost of homes back then were ridiculously low. You could buy a house in Long Island for $7,000. Pretty nice. Okay. Um, you see a picture there with the family in front of it. This was kind of the American dream. So for my parents and maybe for your parents or grandparents, they were in the same boat saying, boy, this is the first time we had somebody own a house." Okay. They were called the rabbit hutch because there was a population boom during this period of time. So as people moved out to the suburbs, they had bigger homes, more yards and stuff like that, and they started to have a lot more kids during this period of time. So this really ranges from like 45 to 64, okay? The losers in this were the railroads, which we pay for today, as well as the reduction in farmland, because they were building the suburbs on those lands. Economically, we were prospering as well as a country, which probably isn't all that surprising, given the fact that we were uh, Americans uh, on the home front during the war, were on rationing, and and, uh, so things had changed drastically there. You can see the numbers there. People were buying cars um, by the boatloads. You also saw a cultural change with women. We've talked about women getting the right to vote and the changes of the uh, new women in the 1920s. Well, in the 1950s, you could make an argument, at least for the suburban women, that they took a step back. Uh, They were really um, seen as housewives, taking only a part of the family unit, not being involved in the jobs, and it was a very subservient role. Uh, there's some good examples of that, that if we were in class, I would have gone over. The other shift is entertainment, and that entertainment is TV. So where we had radios in the 20s, we have TVs in uh, the 50s. Uh, the big show um, that really took off, that really um, helped TV take off, was the I Love Lucy show. Um Just a fantastic show. I think it still holds its own if you get a chance to watch an episode or two. Um, They're really, I think, interesting in that comedy hasn't changed all that much. And you can also compare them, uh, the I Love Lucy show, to what Charlie Chaplin did in the Gold Rush. TV was also used for politics. Eisenhower used it. Um, The most famous of those, though, was the Kennedy-Nixon debate. Which happened in 1960, uh, and it is argued that TV might have actually influenced the election enough. Um, you can also watch those uh, some of those debates. Um, you'll see that Kennedy looks well refreshed, Nixon looks kind of sickly at the time, which he was, um, and that may have cost him again the election. Okay. A last part of the entertainment was, we didn't do this really in the 20s, but the 20s were known for jazz. In the 50s, it was known for rock and roll. And rock and roll was a a term that Alan Freed, a DJ, the disc jockey, came up with that actually means intercourse, so it's a slang for that. Um, I've left a couple things there innovation-wise, uh, between a guy named Les Paul, who obviously created the guitar that I just played, or his name's on the guitar at least, um, all sorts of new innovations were happening. Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin used that guitar, and there was another guy named Leo Fender, and Leo Fender was um, most na- noted because Jimi Hendrix used his guitar. Okay, Elvis Presley was the dominant player in entertainment for sure. He had changed things. He took... Uh, Really, gospel, jazz, blues, really founded by African Americans. And he kind of created his own thing. He sold over a billion records, which is more than any other artist in history to date. Uh, He died in 1977 at the age of only 42. And over a half a million people still go to his home in Graceland, which is in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and tour it so he's still an icon today you can see that once again the family is on we actually took the grandparents on this one you don't see the beach there because we didn't go to the beach we went to Elvis presley's home in memphis among others Uh, there's a list of songs there um i think i had in my last um last lecture slides that you could research one of these and then write up a response on them so i know this is kind of a short lesson today Next time, it's going to be a little bit longer because we're going to go over the Civil Rights Movement. Usually I have uh, one class dedicated to the 50s and then one class starting the Civil Rights Movement. But keeping them together, I'll, I'll just do that for next class. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll see you on our, on our next lecture podcast on Thursday. Thanks. Take care. Bye.